Good morning, motivators, and welcome back to Dr. Drill's podcast, Making Motivation. It is a beautiful, albeit overcast, Friday morning, and Friday is always a good day, yes, yes? Pollen is upon my windshield. Trees, flowers are blooming. Grassy meadows. Cattle, horses out there ruminating. Munching on freshly grown grass. Extracting from the earth all of its nutrients. Its chlorophyll. Getting a nice little meal. People around about wearing less clothing. You might see them out there wearing tank tops and friggin' shorts and skirts and shit. This is an awesome thing, but don't overdo it, right? Watch those UV rays, which, if we're not careful, can uh, create problems. They can also solve some problems, as there's an interaction with our skin, on the surface of our skin, that produces vitamin D, which we use for essentially absorbing calcium into the body and making stronger bones. Vitamin D also plays a role in the immune system. Mood, you name it, has a lot of important functions. So get out there and get some friggin' sunshine. Up in the morning with the rising sun, gonna PT, PT till the day is done. Today I'm gonna tell you a little story, and it is essentially my story. I'm gonna call it the shore break. Troubled youths learning important life lessons. This is the story of Dr. Drill and of so many other people. It begins in my office last week when a patient uh, was recounting to me, hey, you know, we're catching up on old times. She's telling me about her family, her sons in particular. she got three boys. They're active in sports. They are in their teenage years. And... They're doing pretty well in school. But, you know, little boys can tend to get up to a little bit of mischief every now and then. And I certainly, that was the case with me. It might discourage some people, but it's also kind of like that whole phrase, boys will be boys. It's a big part of it. I mean, this is kind of our programming, our genetic programming is uh, makes us inclined to take some risks and do periodically foolish things. As long as these mistakes made or the mischief gotten into is something that can you, you can recover from, it's a very important time in one's life, you know? You're developing in so many ways, and there's evidence to suggest that the human brain, that, that brain brain, that squiggly, squiggly brain that we see around Halloween and uh, depicted in so many uh, shapes and forms in the media, there's evidence that the connections in the brain do not completely form until 25 years of age. So between, I don't know, 15 and 25, there's an entire decade of tinkering that we do in order to form those connections falling down, getting back up, learning from our mistakes, doing stupid shit, getting corrected, hopefully, and being better for it. So my patient was telling me about 
one of her sons who had gotten up to the devil's business, right? He's hanging out on the block with his buddies. He's down at the store. It's the summertime, and you see there's one of those fireworks stands across the parking lot. There's some young ladies there, and these dudes were, you know, trying to impress them and have a good old time, of course. They said, you know, let's get some of those fireworks. The girls were on board. They go over to get some fireworks. And of course, the vendor says, look, you're not of age, so we can't, I'm sorry, we can't sell them to you. Bring your parents back, and we'll talk about it. Doing the responsible thing. The boys decide that they're going to get these fireworks. And they're going to impress the ladies, so they stuff them in their backpack. They make off with the goods, along with some other sundry items, head on down the road, and ultimately get caught. Well, there was a price to pay for all this tomfoolery. They get nabbed. They wind up having to do community service. They stand in front of a judge. They've got a a record that typically will be expunged if you keep your nose clean. They're probably on a period of probation. It's a big letdown to the family and to the individual at a time when we're trying to earn the... It's it's a tough time, right? Because at the same time you want to be wild and crazy and experiment and take some risks, you also are, are seeking approval from the people around you, the role models in your life. So this was me in 1998. And me and my buddies were down at the beach. We were... We, we're fortunate enough to grow up in a uh, beachy community on the Jersey Shore in Ocean County, New Jersey. Amid the Pine Barrens and the Barnegat Bay, Long Beach Island, Seaside Heights, and essentially every good time town that you can think of. To me, I always people say, oh, you're from New Jersey. And I say, look, if you have to be from New Jersey, Ocean County is probably one of the best places to be. At least it was when I was growing up. Really countless acres of Pine Barrens Forest where you'd go out there and build forts and set traps for your buddies, play manhunt. And these were places almost like if you've seen the movie Stand By Me. There's a lot of those types of moments where you go out and go on adventures. Get on your bikes, and you head out, head up to the train tracks. You go down to the creek, right? And you have adventures. It's just an awesome friggin' town to grow up in. And, of course, there's the waves. There's the bay where you can friggin' water ski and fish and crab and do all these cool things. So I, I grew up around a lot of this. And it really was a, it's a tremendous place to be on the water, to be on the bay, to be in the Pine Barrens, open land. It was a great place. There were three man-made lakes, a tenth of a mile from where I lived. So really an awesome place. So we get up to a little bit of trouble. Me and my buddies were down at the beach. It was almost this time of year, so it was like May, early June maybe. Temperatures were warm. The water was not warm just yet, and a storm came through. There was a, a phone number that you could call up and get a surf report, so it would tell you what you'd be, what was in store for you if you head on down to the beach with your surfboard or your boogie board. 
So we would, of the novel, for the novelty of it, we would call up Surf Report, and it said, "Hey, swells are very good. six foot, six to eight, and glassy." Let's say you'd hear the more uh, affiliated, the more uh, practiced surfers. <clears throat> And grommets, as you call them, like I guess that's an immature kid surfer sort of deal. We were grommets, so we call Surf Report and hey, you know, it's six to eight and glassy, head on down the frigate beach, you know, coming to you from LBI. We're like, we're going to LBI, right? So my sister just got her permit to drive, and her boyfriend was like a friggin' biggest anus that there ever was. I mean, just a real. Clash between like a James Dean and Satan. So he was of age. He had his license. He's he's sitting in riding shotgun. We pile me and my buddy John pile in the back of the Dodge Omni or whatever the hell it was, and we head on down to LBI. And we could not get out past the shore break. Hence my title. I mean, it was just freaking fierce. If you've ever gone to the beach and you you hang out in the breakers, quote-unquote, or the shore break, this can be a real fun area to play in. Waves coming at you. That This is right where the wave, the swells, are starting to break on the shore, right? <clears throat> the water is half as deep as the wave is high. So that's where the, um, the waves are going to lap the shore. And it can be fun in small doses, but when the freaking seas are churning, my friend, when the seas are angry, it's a freaking dangerous place. So we could, we were so skinny and freaking inexperienced, we couldn't get past the shore break to get to those big waves that we would see coming in set after set. We wanted to be right where those waves started to form so we could catch them on our boogie boards and head on into shore. What a friggin' adventure, man. What a good time, right? That notion. So we were so excited. We couldn't get past the shore break. Shit. What are we going to do? We decided that we needed these things called webs, which were essentially a wetsuit material or a neoprene glove that you would uh, put on and it would allow you to scoop up water with your webbed fingers and propel yourself past the shore breaks. This is our plan. We're going to hatch our plan, but we don't have any money to buy these gloves. There were various surf shops around the area, a place called the Surf City 5 and 10, which we ultimately decided to go to and attempt to steal these webs. That's what we're going to do. So my sister pulls around to the back of the the establishment. Me and John pile out of the car. Yeah, go, go. All right. You're going to look at, you're going to be on the lookout and I'm going to, I'm going to steal these gloves. We go in, and the gloves, we see, they are stuck together with this tag, this plastic tag that is so common these days, a theft deterrent, right? So the gloves are pinned together neatly with this plastic quarter-sized tag. What the hell are we going to do? They only have, the only way to get that apart is, you know, there's a tool at the register, right? So John's looking out for me. I freaking decide I'm going to step on the, on one glove, pin it down, and pull up, and settle for a ripped web glove. Freaking desperation! I'm sweating now. There's other uh, 
customers that are milling around, passing our aisle, looking around. You know, we're looking around all seedy, probably looking like freaking the criminals that we were. I succeed in ripping it off. I rip the other side, take the, uh, the tag, discard it on the shelf, and we make for the exit. For again, alarm goes off. To this day, if I'm in like a Walmart or another store and an alarm goes off or somebody, typically the cashier did not check out something and didn't scan it, so an alarm goes off, freaking, I feel it in my bones. The deepest parts of my brain receive that alarm and I remember freaking 30 years ago when I was caught shoplifting. We pass through the exit, the alarm goes off, beep, 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 beep. The clerks grabbed us by the arm. The cops seemed like they were like, just like ready for this theft. They were right there seconds and seconds later. They bring us around to the cop shop, Surf City, Long Beach Island. And of course we were like 12 or 13, so they couldn't incarcerate us. So they put us in a little room in the back, each in our own room and shut the door. My pa- our parents, of course, were at work and we lived maybe 30 minutes away from LBI. So an hour, an hour and a half, two hours goes by and my mother shows up and she's pissed, of course, right? Shaking her fist at us, says, listen, you guys are never hanging out again. Say goodbye to John, you'll never see him again. You know, thinking it might be, I was led into doing some stupid shit. Turns out it was equally my idea, right? Equally to blame. So we drive home in the Jeep, 30 minutes. My mother's freaking screaming at me, cursing at me the whole way. <clears throat> I'm feeling a shitload of shame at this point. My mother tells me, you're never going to see John again, ever. You're not allowed to hang out with him. You're not allowed to go to sports practice, wrestling practice with him anymore. He's a bad influence. And you on him, so you're not going to be freaking hanging out. I'm like, shit. I'm bummed, right? I come in the house, and my father's standing on the landing of our um, bi-level. The top of the landing. I, I climb the stairs hesitantly. And he palm heel strikes me in the temple. Just a grazing blow. Sounded like Sounded like a weed whacker taking off a big clump of grass. And he grazed my temple with his glancing blow. And I was bewildered. But it was not the physical blow that hurt the most. He followed up that up with the statement, boy, you just dragged our name through the mud. You just dragged our name through the dirt. And I looked at the ground. I felt like hell. I felt like the biggest dick in the world. What a dumb move. For what? You know? All this for what? I wrecked some merchandise. I disrupted business. All so I could get at, out past the shore break. What a selfish bullshit move. So I was humiliated. I went, I was grounded, I went in my room, ate my dinner in my room, and for the next week or so, I was, you know, just subdued. Everybody heard about it, of course. So it was a talk of the town in school as well. I was a thief. 
Then my mother came to me one evening after school. She said, Aaron, okay, you wanna, you're determined to be friends with John, right? I'm going to tell you what. It was Friday now. She said, tomorrow morning, tell John we're going to pick him up. I called his mom, and I have authorization. We're going to pick him up. I'm going to take you guys somewhere. And I'll be damned if she didn't drive us to the Marine Corps recruiting station in Manahawka, New Jersey. It's a little dilapidated building that shared space with a jeweler and a friggin' uh, pawn shop. There was a broken down, rickety old recruiting station in there with camouflage netting hung in there and smelled of surplus and cigarettes. And the recruiter sitting behind a broad desk, there we sat, the three of us, my mother in the middle, flanked by John and I, and the recruiter began to tell us a story, his story, about some of the trouble that he used to get into, and this whole notion of challenging oneself, looking for, you know, testing the boundaries, looking for a real challenge in life, and becoming a man, and he had just come back from the Gulf War, I guess, the first one. So he told us a story, you know, about boot camp, start to finish, that it's something that not anybody can do, that it's the ultimate challenge, and that you're going to fight, and you're going to shoot guns, and you're going to travel the world, if you make it through boot camp, and the drill instructors are so fierce, and great friends, and it's a great thing, and it's something maybe you guys should look into, we were freaking sold, big time, right, John and I looked at one another, we got out of there, we're like, freaking, this is awesome, the recruiter offered us, for us to come and train with them, on one, so one weekend a month, and so, we were like, shit, let's give it a shot, we showed up, and we would show up to dozens of other uh, young men, some just returning from boot camp, some heading on their way out there, down to Paris Island, South Carolina, this legendary beating of a place that is just the location where Marines are made. So we questioned ourselves, all right, and we, and we took the bait. We think we're tough, we think we're cool, Let's see how cool we are. Let's see what we're made of. Do we have the right stuff? We, so we bought into this big time, the recruiting uh, sales, essentially, techniques. And we genuinely needed something to test our manhood. So one weekend a month for the next four years of high school, we would show up and do pull-ups and run and sit-ups and shoot guns on simulators and hike and tell stories and just basically hang out with people who are already where we wanted to be. We were 100%, without a doubt, on board. Got the friggin' t-shirt, got the short haircuts, scarlet and gold, everything. This was the team that we wanted to be on. And so that is the story. Ultimately, John and I went in to the United States Marine Corps on the buddy system. And we succeeded in getting through Paris Island, South Carolina together in Platoon 2080. Experiencing all these, you know, having trained for that event just to get to boot camp. And then making it to the show. Succeeding in 
making it through all three phases, kicking ass and taking names and standing tall on graduation day. This was our goal and damn it, we friggin' attained it. And we stood there in the South Carolina heat, the sun beating down upon us, the above ground plumbing, the smell of it, the brick buildings, our family on bleachers, applauding us. This was the culmination of our efforts after this, our downfall, our uh, infraction of uh, the shoplifting incident. So this worked for us, and I know that this happens a lot to a lot of young people, men and women. You do stupid shit, you make mistakes. Hopefully you have a period like this where it prompts you to have some, uh, to consider some things about what life is about and what type of person do you want to be. And in this case, I'm not saying the military is for everybody, but for me, it was just perfect. Um, I went on to serve for four years in the Marine Corps, got out, served for another two or three years in the National Guard. I used the successes from my time in the Marines to, and that confidence gleaned to as stepping stones for every challenge that came after. And I still do it. Still got the friggin' haircut. Still got the raspy, deep voice. Still got Marine Corps everything hanging all over my office and home. It's a very important time in my life, and I wish for every young person to have some sort of fall and then uh, only to rise, an experience like that. Uh, I should also mention that as a result of this shoplifting infraction, I received some punishment by the township, right? So I stood in front of, sat in front of a judge, which is more like a forum of some, uh, some legal folks in prominent business community. I had to pay for the, uh, the merchandise that we ruined, had to apologize, had to do community service. For community service, we walked along the streets, walked along Lacey Road out in the, out in the, in the country, in the Pine Barrens, with plastic bags, filling them with cigarette butts and beer cans and soda cans and everything else with other dirt bags, right? Kids have been caught drinking or smoking weed or stealing or fighting or whatever it was. This is our punishment. So I got a thorough look at what the general population would be like in some sort of correctional facility, I think. I also had to go and do community service at what was called the Popcorn Zoo, which is this awesome place out in the Pine Barrens, just outside of Bamber Lake. And it is a humane society, so animals, uh, all types of animals, go there. Uh, and you can go pick up a, a dog or a cat that nobody wants. Uh, also, discarded, unloved farm animals and near roadkill animals, deer with three legs and friggin' ducks with a bill, the top of the bill snapped off so you could see their little tongue in there. Nasty, right? Um, friggin' gaunt, emaciated looking circus bears and tigers and there's a hyena there that had a, was attached to a pole via a chain 
and it would just run in circles, had like a circle track that it had created with like a three or four foot berm, just running around in circles like a friggin' crazy hyena. Uh, so I shoveled hyena shit and tiger shit, deer turds, and swept up pine needles and clean things and stacked roadkill, old raccoons stiff as a board. And this was probably one of the best times I ever had in my life. Looking back, it was an excellent experience that I think, independent of any sort of uh, trouble that one finds himself in, everybody should shovel shit. Everybody should clean up alongside the roads of our nation. Everybody should fuck up and then fix themselves. What is life if not a never-ending string of this? A never-ending cycle of you fall down, you get back up. You fuck up, you rectify yourself, and you become better. So that is the story of the shore break. And that is essentially the beginning of my my young adult life. Glad it happened. Fuck up in a measured way. Fix yourself. Help one another. Kick ass and take names. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Have a great weekend, everyone. Huh! <laughs>